0: Welcome to Step Zero, where we learn about the people behind the amazing work that we see. How do they push through Step Zero and launch their passion projects? I visited Erin Ascenza at The Wing in Soho to hear more about her nutrition and health practice, where she encourages more people to take control of their own health so that they can live a more enriched life. Thank you, Erin, for joining me. I'm really excited to hear more about your nutrition health company. Yeah. It's really cool meeting someone else from the advertising industry because we are both in ad tech and going from there, we started pursuing our own passion projects. Mm -hmm. So if you could just start off sharing a little bit about who you are and what your company is.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'm an integrative nutrition health coach. Um, And I help women feel empowered by their food choices. My company really stemmed from being in corporate America for so long or the startup world for so long and noticing that the people that I worked with who were really accomplished, who were really smart and were like Wonder Woman, they just were so confused about health. And that was always the talk around the water cooler. What is the latest fad diet? What should they be doing? How are they going to lose 20 pounds? Why do they feel like crap all the time? And I had always been interested in health for a long time, but I never really thought about making a career out of it until I started going down this journey of trying to change my career. I ended up changing my career and really trying to focus and empower these women to take control of their own health.
0: So when was it that you realized, oh, this isn't for me, mm-hmm. and maybe I can pursue my own thing? Because I think a lot of people, generally, they would just maybe hop to another job because maybe they think it's the company, and yeah. they don't really take that leap to start their own business. Yeah. So I would say that I think I did hop to a couple of
1: different jobs because I, mm-hmm. I thought it was maybe the company. And for a while, you know, for a while, I loved the industry that I was in. Um, and I loved the, you know, I loved working and, and everything was, and everything was great, um, until it just wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember, um, I started a new job, you know, I had, I had left another company that I was kind of like growing really just my passion for my career was declining rapidly. Um, and I had left to go to another company and after about two months in, I recognized that it just wasn't going to work anymore. Like it just wasn't a good fit. And I remember sitting on my parents' couch crying, (laughs) thinking and saying, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that it's not this. And I don't know what to do because at the time, I think I was probably 27, 28, maybe something like that. And I was like, I'm too old to change my career which was a dumb
0: thought. No, but society told. pretty much tells you, you gotta yeah. figure everything out in your twenties or else it's too late. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's exactly. great. Like you were like, you were 27, 28. And how did you figure out, you know, maybe I will, I will find a new path. And how did you start that?
1: Yeah. I basically just would talk to anybody that would have a meeting with me because I knew that I didn't, well, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew that I needed to figure it out. So that meant emailing random people on LinkedIn, setting up meetings with anybody that who had who had a job that seemed even remotely interesting to me, to try and figure out like what their day looked like, how they got into the field, um, and if it was something that I would really like. And so I did this for a while, I met with a lot of different types of people from graphic designers to teachers to more in-depth marketing, people who had gotten an MBA, you know, I mean, really, the list goes on. (laughs) And one of the things that I had learned or thought of was to really approach my current situation and my current job as my venture capitalist. Mm. And that kept me going because that was like, a really good insight for me to say like, okay, I know that I'm not happy here, but in order for me to keep going down this road, I'm going to need to take, maybe take a class, maybe do something else. And I need this money to help me be able to do that. I took, kept that in mind when I was going down this path of trying to discover what it is that I wanted to do.
0: Mm -hmm. As you were talking to all these people, Mm -hmm. what really inspired you to just pick nutrition and health? Yeah.
1: I I wish it was that easy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I decided to just follow my curiosity. I'm a very curious person, naturally, um, but I just decided to really continue following that to see if something would, would fall into place. So in addition to talking to people, I was taking a lot of different types of classes around the city, writing classes, blogging classes. I ended up taking yoga teacher training, and that was really the beginning stages of where my career started to develop. So I took yoga teacher training and I was really introduced to this the world of wellness which I didn't really know existed beforehand. I had an idea, but I didn't really fully understand like the how large it was and the magnitude of it. And I think one of the things that I also recognized was that there were people that were thriving in the wellness industry and they weren't broke and homeless. <laughs> And, you know, (laughs) starving on the street, (laughs) which to me, you know, coming from a traditional background, you know, if you're not in business, then what are you doing? Mm -hmm. How can you survive off of that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: You were taking all these yoga classes. How did you decide I can be like a nutrition health coach Mm -hmm. instead of opening a yoga studio? Right. Right let's say.
1: Yeah. So one of the courses in the yoga teacher training, a woman came in who was a health coach um, and she came to teach us Ayurveda and um, she had explained her business and what she's done and what school she had gone to. And I was like, wow, you can, people pay you to do that. Like they'll, they'll, they, you know, like you can make a living out of doing something like that. And I had always been interested in health for a really long time. And to me, health meant you should be a doctor. And that's not something that I wanted to be at all. Like that just never panned out for me when I was little. And when I recognized that I didn't, that I could still be in the health industry and not have to go to medical school Mm -hmm. (laughs) for seven years, (laughs) it was like eye opening to me. And so that's really started my journey of trying to move into the nutrition world. So I basically went to the school that she went to. um, And I left ad tech while I was still in school to basically use my same skills that I had gotten in ad tech in the wellness world. So I started working at a meditation startup where I was um, running the operations and account management department there. So now I was in the wellness world, but I was still using everything that I had accumulated 10 years prior while I finished up school.
0: While you're doing that, what helped you decide, I can actually just pursue my health and wellness company and I don't really need to be working in account management at Mm -hmm. the startup. What made you take that risk?
1: Oh, God. (laughs) It was a visceral, physical feeling of like, I was in the wellness world. So I was where I wanted to be, but I still wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing. That was a really eye-opening difference for me. The fact that I was in this industry that I wanted to be, but the work was still not the work that I wanted to be doing. Because I was still keeping in mind, like I was still doing the same work that I was in the ad- advertising world. It was just in a different company. Mm-hmm. And the work that I wanted to be doing was coaching people and working one-on-one with people. I was very fearful to, to leave Um, It was really scary, and I went to a talk with Susan Salzberg, who's a pretty well-known meditation teacher. She brought, I think she brought meditation to the United States, and she said something like, too often we try to escape our lives by traveling and by trying to do everything from an external standpoint, but what happens if you decide to take the adventure within? And like my jaw dropped and I was like, oh my God, that's me. Like I'm always trying to run away from everything. And I don't want to just, I don't want to feel that adventure within myself because it's too scary. And I was like, I have to quit my, I have to quit my job and like really pursue this full time. So, um, I quit my job the next day.
0: Wow. (laughs) It was
1: like really scary. I cried a lot (laughs) because I was so afraid. You know, I had started building my client base before then. I forgot to say that. I had started building my client base before then, but it really wasn't a full, it wasn't enough to sustain me, but I, I couldn't do both. Like I was working so much at this, the meditation company because it was a startup. I was putting a lot of my mental energy, my physical energy in it. And I just really couldn't do both anymore. And I had to quit. And that was really terrifying. Luckily, it worked out for me that I had, I had a good relationship with um, the CEO. And so, you know, we were able to like work on some things where I would be able to work for them part time and, you know, still be able to create some sort of income that wasn't so time consuming for me.
0: Mm-hmm. So that
1: was really wonderful. And it allowed me to put a lot more effort and time into my, my coaching practice.
0: How did you really figure out what I need to do and how I'm going to get this going and Mm -hmm. off the ground? Walk me through like the first day you started this. Yeah.
1: I hired a business coach, Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: which I think was, is, and I still work with her. And I think it was and is still really important to have someone there. Because for me, the biggest thing that I felt was going to hold me back was my, was my confidence. And I knew a lot about marketing, I knew a lot about advertising, I knew a lot about business because I had been in that world for a really long time. But it is so different marketing yourself and building a brand around you than building a brand around someone else uh, or something else. So I found a business coach who really, she divided the time that we spent into, yes, business skills, but also like a lot of like energy coaching and looking at deep into our like fears, where our fears stem from and like really trying to combat all of that. Um, And that was super helpful for me to just continue to keep going.
0: Mm -hmm. You guys identified that you had a lot of fear within yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, self-confidence and things like that what what were the things you did to kind of manage that
1: Mm. well first I think understanding why I had the fear and creating an awareness around it and just having someone as a cheerleader I think is really helpful and someone to remind you how far you've come when you don't think that you have really come that far at all because there's so many little tiny steps to get to where you want to go And it's really easy to be like, well, I'm not a millionaire yet, so (laughs) I haven't made it. Like uh, I'm a failure, you know, and um, thinking back like, well, you actually did all of these things. And you, you know, you're learning from them and like, this has grown, this has grown, you know, your email list, you know, whatever it is, your engagement on Instagram, your the number of clients that you work with, how successful your clients, like the success that your clients see, all of these little things, like you kind of need a reminder from somebody else, because it's so easy to just like tear your own
0: self down. Once you have an idea of what you're trying to do, uh, what are like the physical things that you had to really set in place?
1: Uh, my message for for definitely like figuring out who I wanted to work with and figuring out who I wanted to work with who I was capable of working with who would see the most benefit from me and then figuring out how to talk to them making sure that my message relayed that um that's i think is the most important thing especially in the coaching industry there's a saying like if you're talking to everybody you're talking to nobody mm-hmm. um and I, it's so true Like if you're very general around what you're saying, then no one's listening. But if you're really specific around who you want to work with or who you can help, then you'll start to see like a result. So definitely my messaging and putting together talks. So like presentations, which really helped me outline again, like what problem I solve and how I can help the people that I'm trying to solve.
0: Mm-hmm. you've been doing this for a year so far now yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm sure the very beginning is very hectic so now that you have all this are there new struggles that you're facing um are there new problems that you never expected <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah definitely there's always new problems that I'm facing
1: I had hit a place where I had worked with I mean I worked with a decent amount of people that I felt really good about what I was doing and then all of a sudden I was like I don't know what I do anymore. (laughs) And I was confusing myself. And I was like, what is going on? Why I for whatever reason, I just kind of felt like lost again, a year later. And that's where my business coach was really helpful in, in helping me like, say that that's actually really normal. And to try to like, help me get back on track. I'm on track, and but it was a couple of weeks where I was like, "What's going on?" Like, I just couldn't. I don't know. Something happened. I like to say you'll you'll never arrive, and you have to be okay with not ever feeling like you're like there, because there's always going to be something that you want to achieve and something that you want to do. Mm-hmm.
0: And by arriving, you mean there's never just that one end goal. Yeah, and- you'll never feel like mm-hmm. I did it. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Mm-hmm, let's mm-hmm. take a nap
1: like it's like not like that at all mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so like,
0: do you think the feeling of oh well you'll never really know what you're doing that will happen at every stage every year and it's not just the first year
1: I hope not <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know I was I've been told that it's the first year and then like the fifth year so <laughs> that's a I don't know I have no <laughs> idea we'll see <laughs> um Yeah, I I think it's just like a moving target, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just like you're constantly you're constantly just trying to do the get to the next place. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And every
1: new thing is a new thing that you haven't done before.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As you're going through um, these times of doubt, aside from your business coach, like are there other things that you do to refocus yourself and regain that confidence? Mm -hmm. Because for some people, if they don't have a business coach, what do you think they could do? So I
1: have a couple of people that I really admire in my industry. Dr. Mark Hyman is one, and Marie Forleo. Even though she's not in the healthcare industry, she's in the business. She's in the coaching industry, yeah. and I really admire them so much. And everything that they say is their philosophy is in total alignment with my philosophy. And so when I do feel a little like what is it? Is what I'm saying true? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. you can can get like kind of your messages can get kind of mixed up in your head or, um, you know, you hear another person's perspective and you're like, oh, wait a minute, what? So just realigning myself with the people that I really, really admire, believe in and reading their things, listening to their podcasts, you know, watching their videos is so helpful for me to get back on track when I'm feeling any sort of self doubt.
0: Mm-hmm. So you you usually listen to them and hearing their advice, it helps you get back on track. What would you say is your ultimate advice for people who want to launch their passion projects?
1: I think that understanding why you're doing it in the first place, what is your passion behind it, is so important. It's something, another thing that really keeps me going is like reconnecting with my why um, and reconnecting with I guess the purpose behind it, because there are times where it's not easy. And when, if you don't like something, if you don't like what you're doing, it's really easy to quit. But when you love what you're doing, like I get off the phone with clients and I'm just like, I love doing this. Mm -hmm. And I just want, I just like, I'm so excited to continue doing this and it just keeps me going. And the results that my clients see and how happy they are um, from working with me keeps me going. So reconnecting to that and reconnecting to, like, my entire purpose around it is super important. And, mm-hmm. and
0: yeah. That feeling makes this whole thing worth it, right? Yeah. And it's totally worth doing something that you're passionate about. And, of course, in the very beginning, you may struggle, like, um, with how you can make a living off of this. Yeah. Yeah. What do you recommend in trying to pursue a project even though you may not be financially stable mm-hmm. with it in the very beginning?
1: Definitely get a side job for sure and don't be ashamed of having a side job because the last thing that you want to worry about is how you're going to pay your rent. It shouldn't be you have so you're going to have so many other things to worry about <laughs> it just shouldn't be that one. So find something that you can like Pay your rent and like your groceries and like the bare minimum of what you need and know that it's going to pay off in
0: the long term, in the long run. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And currently you said you are coaching and Mm -hmm. also um, hosting like meditation classes. Yeah.
1: So I teach meditation and I consult for a yoga brand as my like side gigs so that I can keep working towards building a full-time practice. And it's so helpful. It's so helpful to me because I don't have to worry about how I'm going to pay my rent this month. And Mm -hmm. I can dedicate X amount of hours a month to doing the work for them and then dedicate the extra other 50% of the time to my own business
0: hmm. So when you're doing the part time, I'm curious, do you yeah. ever get mentally or physically exhausted that you can't <laughs> even do which, what you want to do? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I can't do what I
1: want to do. I did notice for, you know, I've gotten really a lot better at putting more structure to my week so that I'm not task switching because I'm doing three things. So it's like one day a week, I will focus on one thing and then another day a week, I will focus on the other job and then, the, you know, whatever it is, but making sure that I'm not doing more multiple things in one day. I'm only focusing on one job, one of the days. And that's really helpful because once the task switching is actually what creates the mental fatigue for me um, and it creates time where I'm wasting because I'm trying to remember what I was doing and how to get back and
0: getting into your zone exactly in these very different industries
1: and then I've also gotten I've had to really force myself to be lazy on the weekends which is something that I'm not used to doing especially most of my career was in the startup industry where that was not even heard of like you worked on the weekends you worked until nine, ten o'clock at night. And I think one of the reasons why I left was because I was working so much. So I really had to start putting those boundaries in for myself. Cause it's so if you get into that habit, it's really easy to continue that habit. So one of the things that I've had to really discipline myself on is being lazy on the weekends, turning off, not doing any work, taking naps, doing things that I never thought were quote unquote, productive, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but allow me to be really productive the other five days of the week.
0: Mm -hmm. It's like that mental recharge. That's so important. Yeah. And one thing that you reminded me of the whole part-time gigs, you embrace that. And I'm wondering if you encountered people who were like, oh, you have all the time in the world now that you're just having some part times and just doing a fun project on the side. Mm-hmm. So I am wondering if you encounter people like that and how you really deal with those types of judgment and did that really speak to like your self-confidence? Mm,
1: yeah, I think, you know, when I first started doing this, I think that I got a lot of you shoulds, you should be doing this and you should be doing that from other people And if there's one piece, there's one thing that I've learned from this whole experience is never tell, never say the words you should to anybody. It is so irritating and annoying. (laughs) But what it does is it it creates self-doubt because someone's like, well, you should be doing it this way. And then I'm like, oh, should I be doing it this way? And then I think about it and I'm like, but what? And then you're, you know, you go down this like cycle of I'm doing it wrong. And the reality is you're not doing it wrong. You just have to keep moving forward. There's no, maybe maybe eventually there's a quote unquote right way, but if you constantly wait for the right way and the perfect way, it's never going to get done. So everything's a learning experience. Like my first couple of emails that I had sent out were terrible, <laughs> But there's no way that they would have been the way that they are today if I hadn't sent out those terrible first emails with terrible photos in them. So, yeah, I think initially when people were – when there were, like, people that would fuel self-doubt, it did really take me down. But I've had to learn to ignore it and just say, like, okay, thank you for your input. You know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to take it. (laughs) (laughs) To wrap things up, do you have any advice for people who want to pursue nutrition and health or just, in general, start their own company?
1: Mm -hmm. Self-doubt is, pardon my French, but a motherfucker. (laughs) Like, it can really screw you up. And it is one of the reasons why I think a lot of people don't end up pursuing what they want to be doing because of fear and um, a lack of confidence. And I think that I've become more okay... With feeling that way, or actually, I should say, more aware of when it pops up so that I can kind of squash it faster um, and push through it. So, being able to identify when your self doubt is coming up and how to just push through it anyway, I think will allow you to just keep going and get a good support system that can like remind you that like you're actually moving in the right direction and you're doing the Mm-hmm. the things that you're meant to be doing.
0: I love that. It's like, continue taking action. Don't yes, freeze continue up. Yes. Continue Don't taking action.
1: That's one th- Yes. I love that. Continue taking action. It's like the only thing that will get you anywhere is by taking action, thinking about it, not going to get you anywhere. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times do we like sit around just like thinking about what we're going to do and then like not actually do them. So what's one small thing that you can do today to get you to the goal that you want to eventually hit.
0: I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thanks, thanks for thanks having so me. So much for inviting me to the wing. Yeah, I really of love course. this space. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know it's so beautiful.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's
1: perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's a, such an awesome community of women as well. I love mm-hmm.
0: it.